Ladies and gentlemen, the Real Magic Podcast, in association with SonicPodcaster.com, present our main event for the evening. In the red corner, best-selling Amazon author, entrepreneur, and funny man, Mr. Kevin Copy-Chief Rogers! And fighting out of the blue corner, we have our boxing kangaroo, the tag team from the land down under. Greg from Studio One stands tonight alongside Big Al, representing the Pixel Partners team. So without further ado, we'll get this much anticipated show on the road. Let's get it on! Hey Kevin, it is awesome to have you here today. Man, I have been looking forward to this all week, to be honest. Just for the sake of our listeners, all right, who are who are business owners, who are interested in design and graphic designers that are working with these business owners, can you just give us a quick snapshot of, of who you are and, you know, your journey that's brought you here today? Sure, man, yeah. So, Kevin Rogers, and I'm glad you've been looking forward to this all week because it's Monday, Alan, so that was uh, re- really touching. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> Tuesday here, so, you know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> a full day. I could barely stand myself <laughs> yesterday in anticipation. Uh, so, yeah, I've been um, a copywriter, and so a direct response copywriter, which for the un- uninitiated means the stuff I write and oversee has a call to action. Which means, you know, I, when they're, people are done reading it, we're hoping that they're going to click a link and do something. They're going to either opt in to get more information or they're going to buy a product. Uh, they're going to raise their hand in some way and say, hey, I like what you have to say. Please tell me more or please take my money and let me join you on this incredible journey you've just laid out for me. I love it because, you know, they're, they're, I consider it the most valid form of writing in in some ways because we are it is measurable results what we do so it is a science but it's very much an art as well uh and you know you're either you're just succeeding or you're not every you know from from one campaign to the other there's just no hiding behind anything the numbers are right there and what's great is uh, unlike other writings, there, there's no debate on whether it's effective. You know, I can have my opinion. I can think it's the greatest thing I've ever created. My client might feel differently or the same. But all that really matters is that the people we're writing to, which is the people we're serving, which is the the prospect, uh, they have the final say in whether it's effective or not. It's, it's a very transparent business we're in. And, and I love it. I'm excited to wake up and do it every day. And I'm, I have an interesting sort of background that led me here. You guys might know that I was a stand-up comedian here in the, in the United States in my 20s. I spent almost a decade uh, traveling town to town, gig to gig, night after night, uh, entertaining mostly drunken strangers in dark rooms. And that uh, was a lot of fun. And then it was less fun. And then I turned out to be the greatest training ground I could imagine for what I do today, which is, you know, writing in a way that persuades people to pay attention, stay engaged and ultimately take action. So so that's me in a nutshell, man. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. How many years were you on the road as a stand up comedian? I was on the road for about seven years straight. Wow. So, okay, yeah. yeah, I started I started traveling the road when I was 19 years old and uh I think I finally made the decision to really just stop traveling at least full time at about uh, 20, 27 or 28 years old. So almost a, almost a decade. Yeah, that's that's killer, Kevin. I love how you say that that was the best schooling for you. I mean, the whole the comment that you made about copywriting, you know, being partially a science and partially an art. I mean, it falls very much under the same banner as as design. You know, there are, yeah. you know, words are not just words. There's a character and there's a craft. And and like you say with comedy, you know, not everybody can get up and say the same words and get the same result. 
So I, I think that's yeah. that's absolutely fabulous. And I think that uh, the respect to the copywriters, business owners and designers, you guys have got to remember that it is not just words on a page. You know, if crafted well and incorporated with your design, then you are going to get huge results from these. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. And, you know, design has become such a... Uh, an increasingly critical element. It's funny, you know, when I got into this business 10 years ago, uh, ugly was, was, was king. And in fact, I'll never forget <laughs> the first time a friend of mine named Chris Tomasulo uh, was a big direct response marketing geek. And I used to drive around in this guy's car and he'd be listening to, like, you know, people talk, like a bad recording of people talking. And I'd think, what, what does it matter with you? Like, put on some music. What is this? And he'd say, oh, no, these guys are genius. That's Gary Halbert, and that's John Carlton. I'm thinking, why would you, what man drives around listening to other men talk from years ago, you know? <laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with that. And I, well, now I'm that weirdo, you know. And, uh, but I remember, I'll never forget, he showed me a, um, a sales page. He said, you, you, I think you'd be a good copywriter. I know you love to write, and, and you're... You know, you're, you're figuring out sales and uh, what the heck is copywriting? He, he showed me a sales letter and, I, and it was the, the ugliest web page I'd ever seen in my life. And he proceeded to explain to me that it was ugly on purpose and sort of show me more, more of the science behind why it was effective. And, and, and uh, it began to make sense to me. And so there's always been this discussion, let's say, uh, about, you know, ugly versus beautiful or, or, or highly styled or, you know, graphic heavy. And, you know, I, I, I really think finally both camps are, are, are beginning to realize, well, you know, designers have, have, have always known and had the preference to make things look good. But guys like you uh, and Greg in particular has been uh, so helpful to my community of copywriters to help us, you know, really show us the numbers and the stats that uh of why things convert better when design is done correctly yeah maybe maybe back then you know like copy was so separate to design and you know the copywriting is the main thing that's going to help get the conversion there's no doubt about that um, i guess it's only recently with you know internet getting faster and the two you know joining together copy and design yeah you know, which has really been a battle but it's now starting to come together as one and you can get an even better result but we'll talk more about the design a little later but yeah. so first of all like so why do you think copy is so important like killer copy and who can benefit from great copy like any business at all oh yeah any business in fact you know, I'd say it's 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 the most overlooked aspect of any any marketing whatsoever. First of all, it's shocking how many people go into business with just zero marketing, not only knowledge but intention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's a if you've read the E Myth, which is yep. just just a great book, and you know, Michael Gerber talks in detail about why I think it's eighty percent of you know new businesses fail in the first year. And it's because, you know, people just start businesses for all the wrong reasons. And especially with a brick and mortar, you don't really get to start slow. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a huge investment. You have to live in the place and, and you're, you're probably putting every dime you have on the line to 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 um, live your dream of, of having the best pizza in town and having everybody rave, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a bustling restaurant full of happy pizza eaters. But if you don't let people know you're there and why they would love your pizza over other pizzas, uh, there's very little chance that, unless you're in a like really primo location, that people are just going to walk in and decide to give you a shot. Uh, so you know, marketing is critical, and, and there's so much good information out there. It's just not hard to get an education. But to your question, Greg, you know everybody can benefit from copy, and it doesn't have to be deeply complicated. You don't need a you know long form sales letter to be effective, but what matters is that you you know if you did nothing else but write all of your messaging, you know for you know with your best customer in mind, and just always remember this isn't about me. And it, as strange as it seems, you know even though it's your 
you know, pizza shop and it's your uh, grandmother's recipe and all that stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm all for including that. But if you don't frame it in what's in it for your customer, you know, how that's going to make it taste to them, the fact that they will be coming in and, and be, you know, feel like they're back in their grandmother's kitchen or tasting this, you know, one, one of a kind recipe that so few people in the world will ever experience, like, you know, make it about them, even though it's in the context of what makes it special in regards to you and, and you'll do great. But, you yeah. know, you see so much bad copy where it's, it's, it's me, 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 I, 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 and no one cares at the end of the day. I hate to say it. No one That's cares true. about you. You've got to tell them what's in it for them. Yeah. And I remember on one of your recent podcasts on copychief.com, you spoke about your son who sold the idea of getting your whole family to go out for breakfast. Yeah. Do you want to just talk about that a sure. little bit? Yeah, it was great. I'll never forget it. It was, uh, he was in kindergarten. And so his little sister was not in school yet. And he loved going to breakfast restaurants. He particularly loved this restaurant called Bob Evans. It's a chain restaurant here in the United States. And uh, so he got up one day and he said, Oh, you know what? Let's all go to Bob Evans before school. And, you know, my wife and I said, Oh, well, you know, trying to, you know, humor him and, yeah, well, that's that's nice, honey. That'd be sh- sure great if we could, but we can't because you know we, you have school and 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 all these you know adult reasons why that was impractical. And instead of like stomping his feet or or you know anything like that, he said uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, total jujitsu move. And and okay. said, uh, but you know, if we did go, Dad, what what would you order? You know, and I I I thought about it and I said I'd probably have that you know sunrise sampler with with the sausage <laughs> and uh no he actually asked me he goes oh would you have the bacon or the sausage and I'm like oh yeah the sausage so now I'm like picturing this food you know and then he, he goes that's a good choice dad he turns to my wife and he goes what are you having <laughs> I mean so now it's gone from total resistance to the idea he's got me excited about what I might have and then he turns to my wife and uses the exact language that the, a server would use, right? You know, oh. what are you having? And so suddenly we've gone from this, this can't happen because it's impractical to, you know, let's everybody get in the van. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get out of here so we can go have breakfast. And he did that. It, 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 it's, yeah, he did it just naturally because I think we're, we're all natural persuaders. We're born into this. You know, it's interesting with little kids uh it, you know it's, it's obviously very annoying to have them be be so insistent sometimes it's frustrating as a parent you, you want to encourage them to be forthright but it's also you know aggravating to to be <laughs> sort of begged uh for something over and over uh but unfortunately you know it's like that's something we have naturally and instead of you know being afforded the opportunity as we grow up to sort of like uh, uh, let it even out and grow into it so it's not so aggravating and it actually does become persuasive. We pretty much have it beat out of us, uh, at, least, at least verbally, by saying, you know, don't be, don't be such a pest and don't ask for this and you know you, know you can't have that, right? And so we, we shut off that mechanism that makes us so naturally persuasive in the beginning. Yeah, and I love the way he just turned it around to show you the benefits and, you know, almost had you smelling the sausages <laughs> that's right yeah it's like he put us there in the booth man and we had to we yeah. had to do it <laughs> very powerful i'm amazed at how often you know everybody forgets that it is about the customer i mean greg and i talk about it when we talk about design all the time but i think that you know that the power of copy is it can cannot be forgotten in design i mean you mentioned the pizza store and being in a great location unfortunately you know i don't think it is just about being in a great location i mean it might be great location and pure luck i mean there's a fabulous restaurant strip you know less than five minutes walk from where i live and it's been overtaken all the other shops have been bought out and they've been turned into restaurants yet there are two that are always empty and everybody else is is full so they're obviously not getting that message across correctly to other people and i've seen their material you know the designs look great the branding looks great but there's something fundamentally missing and it would definitely be the copy 
Kevin, that kind of leads me in. I'm curious, right? You know, there's this battle that I've experienced, Greg, you've experienced, and I know you have, Kevin, which is, you know, copy versus design. You know, quite often we see great designers butcher fabulous copy, right? And then copywriters, you know, don't respect the designers and they screw up great design. You know, when you're looking at how to design around your copy, you know, what are the things that you're looking for? How can you enlighten our listener so that they can think more about what's important in there in designing for copy? Yeah, good question. So I, I think the things that we consistently come across that we're, you know, noting most often for designers are, are things like, you know, size of the headline, um, bullets being bold enough to be read. I, I think for copy writers and, and this is uh, true most recently with, with the new design elements which I, I like a lot the look of and you know Greg created a, a beautiful template for my my homepage that's done very well but with these new sort of layered designs it's in some ways goes really smack up against the the basic principle of what copy is supposed to do which is feel like a conversation, right? And so the biggest point of friction that I run across now is flow. Is the copy flowing? Do I instinctively read that headline and understand the nuance of how it leads into the next line? And I think that's a difficult thing to pull off because I understand why these new templates, these new designs are so effective uh, because they're perfect for you know, the distracted attention spans that we're, we're forced to penetrate these days. And so by sectioning off, you know, the, the messaging in adding all these beautiful graphics and colors and things, it really does allow people to, you know, sort of ingest the message in, in a more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't say appropriate way, but, you know, it, it gives us a much better shot of, of getting more copy in front of them, right? Because if they just see this, you know, basically blank page with, with, a, with a, you know, 5,000 words on it, they're going to run for their lives. You know, copy is meant to feel at its best like a conversation. So it's, you know, like, so if it's a one-sided conversation where the reader feels very involved, like this person is, is just speaking to them. And when you get graphic heavy, it's, it's very hard not to interrupt that flow. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be cohesive and it's got to speak with the copy rather than overpower it. Right. I think the golden word is flow. Um, you know, I, I know even, uh, you know, we've worked on some some sales pages together, Kevin. And yeah. you know, even if I've had somebody else on my team who's a brilliant designer, design it. Um, I've, you know, we can lose that flow. And I think it's just the golden word to make sure the graphics and the the images that we use really need to just attract attention initially to get people to read the copy, and then. You know, there's a lot of um, design trends where you change background colors as you're going down the page, and that can be a real distraction and an interrupter yeah. to the flow. And so, yeah, to me, the golden rule when we're designing, you know, to respect the copy is to keep that flow consistent and going mm -hmm. all the way down the page. Yeah, and that's great. And that's why guys like you guys are, are in my estimation, rare in this, in this field, in this business, in this industry, because you get that, you know, and, and you... Again, that's like we just talked about. You're thinking about the customer all the time, the reader. Like, who is this for? Who, yeah. you know, this this message is meant to help somebody who needs this help. So, how do we make sure that they hear exactly what we're saying? And you know, when when a, when a designer is only thinking about making a page look cool, all that gets lost. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Kevin, look, I, you know, I find in the last sort of you know, a few years where web has become so important that, you know, some of the fundamentals of design and, and copy have been lost. I mean, if we go way back, 
pre-mass media and pre-TV and, and pre-internet, um, you know, if you take just a, a simple tabloid newspaper or something, you know, along the lines of your, your weekly newspaper, you know, there was a huge amount of respect given in the design. I mean, people don't think of newspapers as well-designed or magazines necessarily, probably a little more than newspapers, but, you know, they had a very big focus. You could, you could turn the pages in the newspaper and, and headlines would grab you. You know, the, right. the the comment under the image would grab you. The image was prominent. I mean, mm. I in the early days of my photographic career, I worked for the newspapers and I saw an evolution where, you know, the editors were trying to get more advertising space and what they were doing was reducing the headline size, reducing the image size, and it was to the detriment of the publication. Mm. What I'd love yeah. to talk about right now is... You know, if we break down the, the core elements that copy is built around and then maybe just bounce a couple of ideas off each other as to how to respect those. Now, you mentioned, you know, big headlines and, and bullets that are easy to read, you know, but mm -hmm. what about things like subheadlines, you know, presenting prices? Uh, we talked about the flow of the body copy, but, you know, there's also things like trust icons and call to action. How do you find that those elements support your copy? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I think I think they're all appropriate in, in their in their place. You know, certainly trust icons have become a big thing. Uh, I also think you know when it comes to those elements, not more is not always more, right? And and you know if I think people are savvier than we think they are uh, sometimes, and if you even if you have a, a ton of credentials, you know forcing your designer to to list every one of them on the page <laughs> is is going to not only take up uh important real estate that could be used to to further your sales but it, it's going to make for a crowded page mm -hmm. and so again it's it, part of it is just taking your ego out of it and you know my mind goes to some sort of like tricks i've seen in certain industries uh i know in fitness this is uh, an interesting trend where, you know, there'll be a, a couple of marketers who, who test a lot of things and then everybody does what they do. So it quickly gets ineffective, right? But, you know, one of those things is, um, and I don't know the technical terms for these, but, uh, well, one thing is like a countdown timer, you know, which uh, can be very effective, but could also be very cheesy. And other things like uh, having graphic elements that, uh, you know, occur on the page after somebody scrolls at a certain point and, you know, maybe like drops the price again or something. And while those things will move the needle initially, I'm always asking myself, yeah, but to what end, you know, is, you know, it, like I would love to test the quality of a buyer who responds to a, a dynamic, you know, piece of, uh, uh, imagery that suddenly you know gave them a lower price or something compared to somebody who was able to really ingest the message connect with it and see the value in the original price you know what i mean yeah absolutely and look it might be a quick fix but are you going to get a repeat customer out of that and are they going to be used to a bargain you know you want right. to have an ev evergreen price and yeah, yeah, your client for life it's bad parenting, right? You're, you're, you're yeah. training your customers to stick around or, or maybe if I scroll up and down enough times, some discount will yeah. pop up, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think that, that that's kind of a where, where I think both writers and designers get, get the call to action wrong. I mean, I, I, Kevin, I don't know your opinion on this, but I often see um, some fabulous copy and, you know, there's not enough opportunity for the reader to make a choice to make the purchase, you know. So you've got this fabulous right. long-form copy, but the only time you can make the purchase is, is right at the end. And then, you know, the flip side of that is designers, you know, your call to action has to be differentiated from everything else that's there. Um, I mean, I literally just worked on a job yesterday where um, we were doing some display advertising, online display advertising banners for, for remarketing. And, you know, the client was adamant that we were disrespectful respecting her brand because we were testing different color call to action buttons and none of the colors matched her branding and I, and I had to sit there and explain and say well mm. would you prefer you know design at the detriment of conversion you know or would, are you willing to at least try this and see if it makes a difference you know so I think from both sides right. do you find that people 
are too focused on the design and the copy and forget about the actual respecting the actual customer and giving them the opportunity to buy and putting the call to actions in the right place. That's, that's another great point, Alan. You know, the, the thing is, it reminds me of a quote uh, that my, my uh, friend and, and uh, partner, John Carlton, often says that, you know, look, if you, if you know you have a product that could help a lot of people and shame on you for not doing everything in your power to get it in their hands, right? Yeah, And absolutely. so I think that goes to, to exactly what you're saying is, you know, people do get a little uptight about, about their, you know, compromising their brand and having everything look just perfect. And there's, I guess there's something to be said from that for that. But uh, you know, while we just had this issue with, with a recent page where there was a, uh, uh, an order button at the top of the page, and I understood completely why it was there, but uh, there were four of us in the group, and three of us immediately had the instinct that, you know what, they're, they're not ready for the offer yet. Like, we haven't explained you know, who we are yet and, and why they should have this. So why, why is the order button up top? But at the same time, I think you're right that it, why not test it, you know? Because we don't exactly know how the audience is interacting with that order button. You know, are they just quickly making a mental note that it's there when they're ready? Or is there really... Because, look, let's face it, on, on a... On a, on a static web page where you know you could scroll up and down we see we know from ipass and in heat maps what people do right they, they read the headline they get a feel for if it looks legit and then they immediately scroll down to see the price yep. and then they might click around the faqs a little bit and then they might decide to read more nobody's experiencing the copy the way us copywriters wish they would on on a on a page they're not going oh this is a great headline let me now read the next sentence oh look at this i'm like you know i would love that but you know that's one of the reasons why we love video these these video sales letters so much uh and why for so long you know some marketers refuse to put pause buttons on them and stuff because we're desperate to to control the pitch because we mm -hmm. really feel like we know the best way to give you this information <laughs> but time and time again, you know, customers say, guess what? You're wrong. Like, I, you need to give me some control over how I know what's good for me. And I, I'll ingest your information on my terms and then decide if I'm going to buy or not, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, yeah, that video control being missing can really annoy some people, but it will make other people watch the entire message. And, yeah, it's just one of those things you have to test. Yeah, so some people will just cl click away on principle because they're just, you know, uh, insulted that you won't give them the control they want. And, and there's yeah. something to that. And, and other, it just, it, it typically almost always outconverts. And again, we like to think that's because we, we got to share our information in a way that was the most effective. But uh, there's other theories that say, you know, you'd be shocked at how few people could actually read <laughs> at a sixth grade <laughs> level. And because yeah. you're reading to them, it converts better. I mean, you know, there's there's so many theories. We can only learn so much through our testing, really. You know, and and uh, and respect much. the customer too. I mean, um, I remember Ezra Firestone, a, a good friend of all of ours, and and a previous guest. He launched a product, and you know, he had his video sales letter with no pause button, no way to buy, and I just wanted to buy his product. I mean, I I'd, I knew mm. him. I knew that his product was going to be good quality, and I'm sure there were plenty of people like me and i actually sent him a message and say to say hey ezra is it just the way for me to buy this you know i don't really want to have to sit through a 40 minute video sales letter and then opt in and then wait for four different emails for me to finally right. buy you know respect the, the the customer to make their own decision and if you've got your design right and your copyright they will get to the point where they're going to make the right, right. decision that's a good point and and the, and the messaging right you know if if uh, if you've done the proper amount of, uh, you know, presentation before they arrive at the offer, like no one should just appear in, uh, out of nowhere and have to sit through a 40 minute video. And again, that has worked, but, you know, most of the marketing channel like Facebook won't allow that anymore. Right. And a lot of even the um, banner networks sometimes are frowning on that. 
it's just a dumb way to do business, frankly. Like, I, I, w I think statistics would show that if somebody just wants to plunk you down in, in front of a 30 or 40 minute video, even if the product's good, uh, their chargebacks are probably very high because w without much introduction, they sort of went straight for the throat. And in situations where that's the marketer's goal is to get you as quickly as they can in front of their buy button, sometimes, uh, oftentimes, the product isn't as good as it can be. In the case you mentioned, Alan, you, you're already a fan of Ezra. You, you're deeply connected with what he's offering. You knew it was something that you needed. And so you were like coming the other way, going, I know this is good. Can I have it, please? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, so it's a great point. Like, can I just buy the, the damn thing? And uh, yeah, that, that's a great point is, you know, you got to have sort of like two options, like at least to the to your in-house list, you know, like he... Like, it, it, we should be able to recognize when somebody's been with us a while, you know? Can we measure how they interacted with our messages? Uh, you know, how often are they opening our emails? You know, these kinds of things. And go, you know, straight to those people and go, hey, here's what I've got. I'd love to offer it to you first because I know you've been following me here for a while. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I want to give you first shot at it. Maybe even give them special pricing or something, right? That should be like the, the testing, the pre-launch to me before it even goes out to cold traffic or, or, or affiliate partnership traffic or any kind of mass, you know, group of people who maybe know you a little less. Yeah, and that's relevant you know, for I, any business owner. I think, you yeah. know, how often people spend so much time and money trying to get new business. You know, why not send it to you, your current customers? Yeah. You know, give them the offer first. See what reaction you get. And send it in a different way. Like, yeah, for instance... If your list is warm and they know you, I mean, the main reason people will buy from you if they know, like, and trust you, right, Kevin? That's one of your strong messages. Yeah. Yes, that's right. It's absolutely true. And it's, you know, really not that hard to establish. You know, like you mentioned, I, you know, I've seen it done in, in 60 seconds or less it very effectively. And again, it's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. It's like, tell them what's in it for them, you know, through the lens of what's unique about you. It sounds complicated. But it really is very simple. If you, but it requires taking just a, a few minutes of solitude to contemplate what that thing is. And sadly, that's what most business owners either aren't willing to do or are just too darn busy running on the, the hamster wheel to keep the, keep the door open to, to, have, to, to be able to do. And you've got, a really, you've got a really good formula for that in one of your podcast episodes where you teach people, you know, how to sort of write that uh, sales hook and you talk about what you like, but also what you don't like in your message so that you get really passionate, passionate and people will resonate with that. Is that correct? That's right. That's what, yeah, I've got two, two little formulas like that. And the one I think you're referring to is called the rebel yell. Yeah. And I did yes. lay that out in a, uh, in, in a podcast. And it's, yeah, it's simply, you know, I think it goes like, you know, you know, my name is blank. Uh, I'm, oh, I love, and the, it, you look at the keywords here, it's like passion, right? You know, yeah. so my name is blank. I love blank, but was fed up with, you know, blank. So I created blank, right? Simple as it's, that. It's that simple, but now we have love and frustration. <laughs> Uh, and so that says a lot about who you are. And if the person hearing that message can relate to those two emotions, mm -hmm. now suddenly there's a bond and we're off to the races. It sounds like a marriage yeah. of love and frustration. <laughs> or maybe just my marriage. <laughs> All right, so Kevin, just to bring it back to design, so we're talking about you know uh, having a warm list or what whatever the upstream traffic source is, and so when you're say designing you know copy for ads and ads in general that will lead to a um, you know a sales page, um, how would you approach those ads? Yeah, it's a great point, and this is again one of the things that gets overlooked so often. I, I would say let's start with the sales page, which is the exact same way that the copy should start, right? Yeah. You know, once you have the full message together, then it, it's easy, uh, quote unquote easy, <laughs> to, you know, break off the messaging that will lead people to that page. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with design. So you, you've chosen your primary, you know, your colors, 
and some design elements, a logo, and that should carry over sort of, you know, backwards into your, you know, banner ads, Facebook ads, because, you know, what the, the first thing people are looking for uh, when they click on an ad and arrive at the next page, whether that's in a pre-sell article uh, lander, we call them, with no, no, no option to buy right there. It's just a warm-up page. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving more value, building more trust, uh, and then onto the sales page where they are offered to to buy. Um, uh, they need to see consistency because you know the, the the first thing you look for is you know oh wait if if you're confused or wondering if you're even in the right place then that's a sure sign just to get out of there. Yeah, uh, and it's an easy, uh, shockingly easy thing for people to overlook. Uh, man, you've got to have consistency of, of colors to some degree and logo and messaging. You know, the, I would say rather than try to get creative, just use the same exact headline. You know, if the headline works on the Facebook ad, it's going to work on the sales page as well. So you might as well just repeat it rather than risk creating friction or, or not carrying the conversation you know, fluidly into the next page. Uh, if you can find the perfect combination of words that gets people clicking, then do not stray from that. Yeah, do not stray from that message. And the, and the same with the, the graphic elements. Uh, make sure it's congruent. That's a huge point. Oh, look, definitely. I mean, consistency in your, in your branding is important. And look, I guess that kind of leads me to another question, right? Which is, you know, what is more important? You know, uh, copy, design, or images? Right. And I mean, the reason I ask this is because I think people forget about the image and the graphical elements. I'm not talking about the actual design, but, you know, things that relate to the the copy, whether it be um, some kind of graph or some kind of diagram or a photo that supports what's been written. I mean, Kevin, you gave a great example. I think it was in a li- at a live event maybe a year or two ago at, at uh, Superfast Business Live where you presented... I think an example of somebody explaining some scientific um, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, idea and it had all these right. great graphical elements to support it and the whole audience right. was convinced it was true, but it was a load of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, right. That's one of my favorite examples, yeah. And this, so this guy made a, a video about uh, how putting Band-Aids in your ski goggles would stop them from fogging up. And it's complete uh, BS. And, and, and when he, but he does a brilliant thing. And the reason this was so viral and so effective, and by the way, this two minute video was, uh, or maybe it was, you know, three, maybe four minutes tops, was so effective that many, many very legitimate uh, ski, you know, uh, uh, news outlets and resources all cited this as a way to keep your goggles from fogging up. <laughs> Nobody tried it. They just went, oh, yeah, that sounds perfect. And so, but the reason it worked so well was at a certain point in the video, he says, you know, here's how it works. And, and he's, so you can see him like placing the Band-Aid inside the goggle. But then on the other side of the screen, there's this, you know, sciencey looking background and, and some words explaining it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just enough motion and imagery to distract you from actually listening to what he's saying. And then he uses a bunch of sciencey sounding words. But, you know, what's hilarious is when you dissect it, it's complete gibberish. It makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it just goes to show that when we want to believe something, you know, we'd love to believe that finally eliminating fog from our ski goggles could be as yeah. easy as sticking a Band-Aid in there. You know, we, we, we need very little validation to, to, to make it so in our minds. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I think that's a message for the designers. You know, look, I hate to say it, and my design team have, have fallen over on this, and Greg, you, you alluded to sometimes a designer breaking up the flow, but it is mm. important for the designer to stop and read the copy because then if they can come up with a really great graphical way to represent a, a, an important point, it is going to just give the copy that much more power. 
Yeah, and so with video in general, Kevin, are there any uh, rules around you know how much graphics you should incorporate in a video, or how little, or uh, you know do those il- illustrated animated videos convert better? Again, that's is something you have to test. Yeah, uh, I would say, of course, you know it, those animated videos are very expensive. Uh, you don't, you know, obviously want to test your messaging first. So you've got to get the copyright and. You know, look, you could make a simple, uh, what we call an ugly VSL video sales letter, which is just text on slides being read by a narrator. And if you can get that to convert well enough to justify the investment in a, in a, in a, you know, graphic, graphic heavy or even animated, fully animated uh, sales letter, then chances are it's going to do very well for you. Start with the copy first, though. Test it. Yeah, you've got to start with the copy first because, you you know, look, it's, it's very difficult to go back and make a small change or even a, a, a big change to, to something like an animated video, right? Uh, especially those doodles where it's all congruent. You can't just decide to take out one little part of it, usually because those, those graphics are stacking up on each other throughout the video. And so to make changes at that point would be a nightmare, but you, but you can easily change those ugly text on slide, uh, text on slide videos Like you know, you could just wholesale cut out a chunk and nobody would even notice, <laughs> you know? And so it's all about, it's all about flexibility uh, in the beginning. You know, you, you really should be testing things like, you know, uh, different different types of headlines and openings. You know, the first ten slides of your video are, are really the make or break proposition. You know, once you get into the actual offer, none of that stuff's probably going to change too much unless you decide, oh, if I could offer this extra bonus, it might move the needle. But you know, aside of your pricing, the offer part of it's pretty much going to stay the same. But but that, that whole hook, the, the thing we call the hook up front, that's really, you know, selling the idea and, and, and justifying why somebody should stay engaged in your message. You should really, if possible, be testing two or three of those before you invest heavily in, uh, in, in you know, major animated video. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, just to start with the fundamentals, you know, your minimum viable product. Um, yep. And it doesn't have to necessarily necessarily be ugly. I mean, I know that both Greg and I offer services where we can tidy up those slide decks and actually sure. make them look quite nice, you know. But if you don't have those resources or you can't afford a high quality designer, keep it really simple. Don't over don't try and over design it yourself. Focus on on the copy. Hey, Kevin, look, I'd love to uh, keep this going because I think that the three of us could go on for hours about this, um, but I do want to respect your time. Look, just to to sort of start wrapping up. If you had one tip to give the listener, right, to help them implement and get their copy and design cohesive, what would it be? Hmm. Copy and design cohesive. Well, uh, again, I think we said it several times, you know, start with the copy and uh, test some different ideas. So even beyond that, you know, start with your customer in mind, your ideal customer, what we call the, the customer avatar you know, create the image. It may be somebody you know. Like, think about, you know, who's the person that's gotten the most excited when you told them about your, your big product idea. And now your product is real. And go back to, it, it, it's so easy to get lost along the way, uh, you know, and stray from the passion that brought us to create what we've created in the first place and got us excited about it. But bring yourself back to that original inspiration and those conversations you'd have with your your girlfriend or your your you know your your buddy or your you know anybody you came across uh, who really resonated with the idea and you ended up having you know this long dialogue about it. Remember that that's who you created it for, and you know remember that clarity trumps persuasion. It's not about being fancy or clever. It's about making sure that that person understands 100% exactly what you're offering them. Uh, Again, if nothing else, like distill your message down to that one sentence that makes it abundantly clear, not only clear, but in a way that can't possibly be misunderstood, (laughs) 
you know, clear that what it is you have for them and why they should be, they should care and be interested. And, you know, start with that. If you get that right, man, you're so ahead of, of most people. And then, and then, and then, you know, from there, once you have the message down and it's resonating, then you can go to a designer. I'd say the the best thing, and I know I'm like a terrible client for designers. I always feel, I feel terrible because I'm one of these people who go, I have no idea what it looks like, but when I see it, I'll, I'll know and I'll get excited. Like that must be a nightmare for you guys, right? But <laughs> at least I recognize that I'm that person. You know, I can tell you some colors maybe and some ideas, but, but at least if you have the message of it down and some key words of, you know, that, you know what, what's the title, maybe a tagline, I think that's something you can give a designer where they can go off and bring their their great creativity to it and, and give you something more exciting than you could have ever imagined yourself. I, I don't think you're yeah. as bad as you think, Kevin, because you know having that key message and having that 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 main title, that main headline, to me, is probably the one thing that most business owners fall over with you know forget all the colors forget all the the photos and design elements if you don't know what the key message is it's very hard to design around so you know i think that clarity of your avatar and what your clear message is is just awesome i think that's probably one of the hardest things to get right as well you know that main uh usp for any website or yeah Uh, and that's one of your specialties isn't it kevin killer sales hook yeah and it, yeah, well, yeah, it's one of those things where it's much easier to do for other people than it is for yourself, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, it's amazing how often I still struggle sometimes with my own messaging. But, uh, yeah, it's um, – I have a book called The 60-Second Sales Hook where if, if anybody's listening to this and they're saying, oh, geez, that's exactly what I need to do, I do have a, a, a little uh, book. It's just 50 pages long, and I – it. I took a joke formula from when I did stand-up comedy and I just changed the last part of the formula and made it into a really easy to write and fun to write message, a sales hook message. And uh, if anybody wants that book, they can um, go to 60secondsaleshook.com and download it for free. And it's an amazing book. It certainly helped me. So now it's been, look, Kevin, you've shared some incredible knowledge here, mate, and we really appreciate your time. So sure. can I just ask, what is expect, uh, sorry, what's exciting you in your business and life for the next six to, to say, 12 months? Mm. Well, you know, I, I opened a community a year ago called Copy Chief, uh, and it's, I, I hope, I, I wanted to solve a simple problem in this business, which was, you know, copy, freelance copywriters and people who need good copy were having a really tough time finding each other. (laughs) Uh, It was like everybody was blindfolded at the the same party or something. And uh, I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's creepy for, for people to have to hire some, somebody like a copywriter uh, without getting to know them a little first. I mean, that's a lot of trust. You're trusting somebody with your voice, mm-hmm. you know, your messaging. T- t- and let's face it, most business owners haven't studied copy to the degree that where they can really recognize good from bad. You know, bad copy can look a lot like good copy to the uninitiated. And so my simple goal was to create a place where we could uh, have a, a, a level of training where, you know, business owners could quickly get hip to what good copy is, maybe even discover, a, you know, a hidden copywriter inside themselves and never need to hire a copywriter. Or if they wanted to hire a copywriter, they'd be in a community surrounded by good copywriters who are just there ready to help them and not just try to win their business, but prove themselves because copywriters, the other thing I knew about it, Greg, was that copywriters are eager to show off their hard-won skills, <laughs> yep. right? Uh, no one cares in, uh, you know, in their day, in their out, like, w- walking around day, like, that they're a copywriter, even understands what that is. <laughs> so if you can give, a, like, a willing audience to copywriters, man, they're thrilled to, like, show off. They'll come in and rewrite your headline and, uh, you know, yeah. ha- half your sales page just because you're, you're interested. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, I'm in that community, and it's an amazing community. Um, but, yeah, there are just people that give so much of their time 
time and effort, you know, just because they're so passionate about helping people. So yeah, yeah. I highly recommend people join that. Yeah, I'm going to back that Thank up you. as well. I mean, I, I battle to find great copywriters <clears throat> at the best of times. And since I've joined your community, Kevin, I've, I've just had win after win after win. So look, it, it doesn't, oh, man, uh, uh, just to clarify for everyone, it, it doesn't have to be fancy, um, you know, long form direct sales letters. It doesn't matter whether you're the local pizza shop, the local mechanic, or, um, you know, a top online marketer, head into Copy Chief. You, you're definitely going to get some value out of it. Yes, thank you. I agree. So uh, just to wrap this up, Kevin, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, is Copy Chief the best place to go or do they follow you on Facebook? Yeah, the, yeah. well, Facebook, yeah, my my main profile is open. So it's uh, uh, Kevin.Rogers23, I think, is is my Facebook. Uh, I also have Kevin Rogers Presents. Um and uh, if they want to contact me about business, um, copychief.com, there's a little email icon <clears throat> right there at the bottom of the page. Just click that and the message will, will get to me. Yeah. And you've got an amazing podcast that you've uh, launched recently. Do you want to just give that a little plug? Sure. Thanks. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's, it's called The Truth About Marketing. And on the show, I ask every guest, and I have been really privileged to get some of the really top marketers in, in the world to come on my show. And I asked them all the one essential question, you know, what is the one thing you did in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? And so it, 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 it's, it's like a case it's, study. Yeah, it's a case study. It's, it, cool. it's a fun, you know, it, there's a lot of, it's colorful um, and you learn a lot about the person, but it's not your typical, how did you get into this business, uh, you know, podcast? It, it's, it's all about like this, like we really dug deep into some stuff here. And I think that's the most valuable thing you can do for your listener to respect their time is to, you know, make sure they're going to come away with two or three light bulb moments yeah. and be grabbing for the pen and, and, and writing notes down, you know. So that's, yeah. that's exactly what I aim to do. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, the Chief Rogers. That was awesome. Uh, mm. Just so you know, I've been taking notes all the way through. I might actually post a photo. Oh, of this great. is proof. But I mean, that's how good <laughs> the value is when we get together with guys like Kevin. You know, there is gold in there for everybody. Uh, mate, it's been awesome to have you on. I need to uh, interrupt here, Al. You know, we've been asking a few of our guests, what one song would you play over and over again and not get sick of? Now, I got that from your forum, Kevin. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, cool. I love that question. Yeah. <laughs> so Isn't it a great way play? to remember people? Like, yeah. a certain song will come on and I'm like, oh, that was that one girl song, you know? Yes. <laughs> All right. So what's your song, Kevin? Uh, mine is uh, Sultans of Swing by, by Dire, Dire Straits. Straits. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, th there's something about that guitar, Knopfler's guitar tone. Like every time that first lick starts, I just, oh, I sink into my seat and I turn up the radio. I'll sit in the driveway that whole seven minutes until that song's over. It's brilliant. I love it. And you love your music and you love a good sing as well, a good song as well. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to anybody who... who who views my public uh, Facebook profile. I am not ashamed to sing in my car badly and then post video of it on, on Facebook. And for some reason, people condone it. I don't know why. Probably the people who are disgusted by it aren't being as vocal, which is surprising for Facebook. But I do it anyway. That's I've awesome. even sung for you, Greg. You have indeed, mate. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, I wish I could put that testimonial on my site, but I won't. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. It's been a lot of fun, buddy. All right, guys. I appreciate it, man. This is good. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good one, mate. Take care. All right, you too. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.